right. Well, good morning. How are y'all doing today? Kindness, it's been a good morning at the Heights, hasn't it? Man, hey, look around and see what you're a part of. Isn't this kind of cool? And and you know what? This is the service with room in it. Yeah, we, Dale was walking off the last service and said, so when do we bring the third service back? Yeah, that's going to be a question, isn't it? Yes, and it, and it will come back, but uh, gosh, it's good to be have a full house today, and I'm sure we'll realize a few uh, maybe bumps and bruises and things not done right, but we'll be working hard this week getting all that corrected, but uh, exciting day for us, a new, a new day for us. You know, uh, uh, it was interesting, Dale and I hadn't even talked about this, but he opened the service uh, by reading out of Psalm 42, and I had a very similar verse that I wanted to start with in Psalm 84, and, and these lines sound very much the same because this is a theme that runs all the way through the Psalms. How lovely, O Lord, is your dwelling place. My soul longs, yes, my heart faints. Boy, have we ever been there? I just, I'm almost at the verge of just feigning, thinking about getting to be with God, in the worship of God, with the people of God. Man, this idea, this theme is, is promoted all through the Psalms, and in, and in many respects it looks out toward heaven that day that we're in those courts, and, and with God in His presence that way, but it also realizes that as we look out toward heaven, we experience that now. For David, he would have been thinking about the temple and the gathering of God's people there. And of course, in the New Testament, we think about the church gathered. Gathering together here, longing for this moment. Boy, that, 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 whatever reasons are, I think, boy, for a lot of people, for a lot of churches, we fall just a little short of longing, aching for this moment, don't we? But that's what God's mind is. That's what God's idea is, that this would be something we can't wait to be here. We long for that time in church. Man, last week we began looking at, at a relationship with Jesus versus the church. And, and we saw that Jesus loves the church. Jesus is committed, is devoted, is so engaged with the church. There's literally no concept in the New Testament of somebody being in love with Christ, being in a relationship with Christ, and yet being kind of cool toward the church. Be- being kind of distant with the church. Maybe not even liking the church. There's no concept of that. We, we may have that concept today that, that I can have a relationship with Him, like Him, love Him, but really have nothing to do with church. But there's, there's nothing biblical about that. Loving Jesus is loving the church. Now, now what does that mean, loving the church, you know, just have a warm feeling about the building up there. What, what's that mean? You know, let's think about loving a church really in the same respects that we would think of loving a person. What are you doing? What's happening when you love a person? You know, when you love somebody, you give to them, don't you? And you're giving of your heart, you're giving of your life, you're giving of your time, you're giving of your resources, and it never ends, does it? You know, it, that almost sounds like complaining. But if you actually love somebody, you don't ever actually think about a finish line. You're not looking for the place to say, haven't I given enough? I, I feel like I should be done by now. No, th- th- giving and loving go, go hand in hand. I mean, when you love somebody, you pray for them, don't you? You know, I, I, I've talked a lot in here that a, a way in my prayer life I have found I, 
I pray about things I wouldn't normally be praying about. I pray about more things. I get more accomplished. Is if I theme my days. Y'all remember me talking about that? You know, like on Monday, I'm praying for immediate family. Tuesday, uh, extended family. Wednesday is the, the church and friends. And Thursday is the government. Having a theme to my prayers each day. And that really has helped. But I'll tell you what, the people I love have a way of sneaking in no matter what day it is. You know, because, man, you love somebody, they're on your heart. You, you want to lift them up in prayer. Let me tell you something. You pray every day, you pray once a month, you pray once a year. People you love sneak into that once a year. I mean, whether you're good at praying, not good at praying, I pray all the time, I barely pray at all. When it happens, it's about people you love. When, when we're praying, we want to talk to God about the people that we love. You, you know, when you're loving somebody, you're, you're there, you're, you're just there, right? <laughs> you live life together, you're, you're with them. There's really no concept of being in a love relationship, a, a friendship, and, and yet you really don't meet that often. You really don't see each other that often. Now, you know, as I say that, that's, that's not true. Anybody have people in here in your life that you really love, you just don't get to see very much? Grandparents on the other side of the country? Friends that, man, you just spent a wonderful season of life with, but work led them one way or led you one way, and now you, you don't really live together anymore. Gosh, we got, we got a lot of military here. Gosh, it's not just friends and grandparents, immediate family. And what a deployment does, man, it puts that distance. And, and we're not seeing each other every day. We love each other, but we're not, we're not engaging in life right at, at the moment. You know, those are realities in love relationships, but they're not choices, are they? Did you pick up the difference there? That's a reality, but it's not a choice. Nobody is choosing to have a best friend that I really don't see that often. Nobody's choosing to have a love relationship that I, I rarely interact with. I mean, circumstances may do that, but we're usually looking at how we can change those circumstances, aren't we? We're, we're looking for how we get back to living life together. We're there for each other. And, and we serve. We serve, right? Serving to me in some ways can not be anything really different than giving. You know, that's serving, giving of my life. But when I think of serving, I think of aiding, helping. You know, when I'm serving somebody, I'm helping them accomplish their agenda. Regardless of what it does for me in my life, I'm, I'm helping them accomplish what is needed in their day. We serve. And boy, when we love somebody, we do some things for them we don't do for anybody else, Right? You know, but that's what you do when you love. And that, obviously, this is not an exhaustive list. We could, we could go on, but man, those are key things. You can take out the word person and put church, can't you? And when I love a church, what does that mean? Does it mean I just have a warm feeling toward it? No, man, it means I'm giving, I'm, I'm serving, I'm praying, I'm there, we're engaged. Now, how does this relationship begin? You know, when you, when you think of falling in love with a person... Uh, that's an attraction, isn't it? You're, you're attracted to something about them. It might be their looks. It might be their personality. It might be their likes and, and your commonality with that. You're, you're attracted to that. But after attraction, there has to be some agreement, right? Have you ever been kind of attracted to somebody and then the more you got to know them, the more you realize we're not anything alike at all? And what, ha what happens to the attraction? That didn't really come out well with the mic, did it? it but it, it just goes flat, 
right? It just goes, it doesn't happen anymore. No, you, from attraction, you've got to have agreement. And with agreement, attraction starts to grow even more. You know, the same is true with the church. I mean, we, we, we're attracted to a church. Now, what attracts us to a church? I mean, it might be the building, might be a pastor, might be the music, might be a certain program or, or ministry that they have. And, and that'll bring us here. Probably the biggest thing that attracts us is friends, right? And it's like when I talk to people, hey, what brought you to the heights? Almost always, probably three times out of four, the next word out of their mouth is friend. Friend is what, is what brought me here. That's, what's a, that's what attracted me to this place. But just like with a person, when you get here, then you've got to figure out, hey, are we, are we in agreement? You know, sometimes we might think of that as a doctrinal statement, right? Do we, do we kind of approach the Bible, believe about the Bible, kind of the same things? Maybe, maybe what's of value to me? Is it of value to this church, certain ministry? But we've got to find that agreement. And you know, that agreement, I think is the frustrating part. Man, in, in, in 25 plus years of ministry, talking to a lot of people, finding a church is frustrating, isn't it? Especially if you've been really connected to one, really loved one. And then again, you know, life moved you, job moved you, something moved you. Now you're, now you're looking for a new church. And that, that, that can be frustrating. And you know, you're attracted to a place, but then you come in here, how how do I find out if we're in agreement and how long? I think that's the frustrating part. How long does it take? And you know, the reality is it probably takes months. And and so, you know, you kind of dedicate 12, 15, 20 Sundays to a place and then all of a sudden you realize, oh, we're really not in the same place. And then now what did I just do with all that time and Oh, that means next Sunday I'm starting all over being a first-time visitor somewhere. And it's just, it just, ah. You know, you know here, here at the Heights, one thing we try to do is, is maybe deal with some of that frustration a little bit. Is provide a way for you as fast as possible to find out, is, is this place me? Do I, do I agree with this place? This really is a part of my sermon, what I'm about to say. But it's going to sound like a commercial, and I'm sorry I don't want it to be a commercial. I can't help that we have a class next week, March 11th. It's inside the bulletin. If you go online, you can register for it. Did that, that's not, that doesn't sound like a part of a sermon, does it? But no, what, what is it? It's okay. Whatever attracted you to this place, you, you need to discover, hey, do I want to connect here? Do, do, do I agree? And, and we have a way for you to do that. In one morning... 9.15 to be exact next Sunday morning. In uh, one morning to learn out, hey, what are the doctrinal beliefs here? And how do I find out even more about that? Who are the, the pastors? Where's the bathroom? You know, how do you get involved here? How do you serve here? All those kinds of questions. We call it our Connect class. And it really isn't a way in just an, an hour or two of investment on your time. And I promise you, you walk out of here. You, you have about 98% of what you need to know. Is this a place that I want to connect? And, and the reason you have to register for next week is because there's food in there. All right? Go to the class for the food. It's pretty good. All right? So uh, if you are a, a, if you're just begun visiting here at the Heights, if you're even a new member, I can't think of a better way to just really dive in and understand this place and find out, is there that agreement so that I can get more involved in that attraction 
and being really excited about what I'm involved with here and and what I'm doing here. Because I want to love what Jesus loves, right? You know, a a lot of the world will not understand why you and I love the church. As a matter of fact, when they think of the church, they think of, you know, it's a place that's judgmental, right? We're the place that doesn't like people. You know, I've got all these different ideas. And so it really is a real possibility that you, you could, you know, be at work, you could be at school, and somebody could say, why do you go to church? What, would you say you love church? Why? Why, why do you love a church? What are you going to say there? I love my pastor. You should meet my pastor. Now, listen, I love your pastor, too. But I'm going to go out on a limb and suggest that probably for a lot of your friends, they could care less about your pastor. See, that's what I'm talking about. How do we communicate why we love this place? Yes, the capital C church, but particularly the little C, this one. How would you share with somebody? Is it, is it just a sermon? Is it just a song? Is it just this one ministry that does something for you? How would you share with somebody? I'd like to show you a way to share. And if you've been around here for a little while, I hope this is a review. And guess what? In time, you'll get another review because we've got to keep this in front of us. But I want to show you how you could share with somebody why you love your church on a napkin. You got, you got 10 minutes. I might take a little longer than 10 minutes. But I, I think you could do it in, in 10 minutes. Now, this is up here. You can't really see it. It's on the back of your bulletin, by the way, uh, if you want to look at that. If you have our church app, go to that and click on sermon notes. And uh, you'll find this in your sermon notes. But in this napkin, you've got a way of sharing why you love this place. Why you love being here and, and being a part of this. So, you know, the average question somebody's going to well, what are y'all about? What do y'all do? Okay, so that's the first question we try to answer. What? That's our mission. What do we do? We try to build relationships that connect all. All. That word all. We actually, we actually spend a good bit of time on that word all. Because our, really our goal is all peoples. All kinds of peoples. All kinds of sinners. Because this room's already filled with all kinds of sinners. So they should be super comfortable in here, right? But all, you know, when, when, when Jesus saves us, he, 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 he doesn't take us straight to heaven, does he? No, he leaves us here with one basic command. Go. Now go get everybody else you can. I just made you a child of God. Now you go get everybody else you can. Do you realize nowhere does he put a limit on that? I want you to go into all the world except over there. I want you to go to all kinds of people, except those people over there. Not so much them over there. Especially not them over there. No, no, there's zero, zero limits on where we're to go. So that word all, you can read right past that. It's actually important. We want to build relationships with all people, connecting them to a God-sized life and love. Man, God's got a big love, doesn't he? A big love, a love that will reach you, a love that will save you, no matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, what's happened to you, God's love's big enough for it. God's love is big enough to rescue you out of sin and death and hell. And he doesn't just bring you back up to, you know, a neutral standing No, he rescues you to be his own child. He adopts you as a child of God, declares you righteous. That's a big love. And man, we want to connect everybody we can with that love. And then once in that love to the big life. The word big was on purpose. 
We're not just big, big, big. No, it's, it's very purposeful. We actually believe God has a big life for you. God, God did not save you. God did not make you his child just to survive from one bill to the next. One abuse to the next. One problem to the next. Hey, my life might have some abuse. It might have some problems. It might have some challenging bills. But what God has for you in the midst of all that is a sense of purpose. A sense of meaning where you can reach out and touch eternity every day. Every day you can make a difference in eternity. Every day you can be doing something that is measured in eternity. A big life. And we want to connect people to that here at the Heights. So that, that's what we're about. Now you probably wouldn't share all that at, at lunch, right? But you can say, hey listen man, our church is about connecting all people, all kinds of people to a God-sized life and love. And our church, we value some things. We value some things, and that's what we have over here under the, we've got a what? What's our why? Well, you know what? We value the Bible here at the Heights, don't we? My guess is if you've chosen to be here any amount of time, you believe in the Bible. If you don't believe in the Bible, you probably didn't, probably didn't choose to stay, because that's really all we're holding out. That, that's really the only answer we offer for every question that, that we have as people. We value the Bible. I, I don't want to lift up one of our values over the other, but I might lift that one up because the other five values, we have those values because it's what the Scripture taught us. We, we value the Bible. We value Sunday here at the Heights. This isn't just something church people do. No, we value this as a way that, that engages us, that energizes us, that encourages us to actually live for Christ all through the week. And know how and where to go and, and what we do to serve Him. We value what it means that, that we gather together on Sundays. We value where friends become family. It is not our goal to see how big a group of strangers we can collect each week. Oh man, you see all the people there. Hey, if they're all strangers, who cares how many people were here? Seriously, who cares? If they're strangers, that's not God's idea. That we're just a, a, a big crowd of people watching something. No, we want to create a place and a way where those strangers be, have a way to become friends. And even beyond friends, to use the word God uses, family. That we're a family. Jesus lifts up the spiritual family on the same par as the biological family. It should have that kind of importance to us. Uh, where everyone plays a part. Man, we, we want everybody to feel like, hey, I, I'm a part of why the Heights works. I'm a part of what, where the Heights is going and what it's doing. That everybody has that place. We live to tell. Man, we're about the gospel here, aren't we? Good amen right there. It would be really encouraging. Yeah, hey, whether the gospel's being shared by the guy up here on the platform or whether it's being shared by an individual out there with a friend, with a neighbor, with a, a co-worker. Really, that's our, man, we, here's what we value, the opportunity to tell somebody the good news of Jesus Christ and what that can mean in their lives. Uh, we value the next generation. You know, folks, that's, that's about so much more than we have children's programs and we've budgeted for the nursery this year. That, that, that there's, listen, if not, if every person in this room, and I'm 50 up, if we're not all thinking about how the baton gets passed, who cares what we accomplish in the next couple of Sundays? We're just moving toward our death. 
We value constantly thinking and engaging how we're handing the baton off to the generation coming behind us. So these are our values. I don't don't know if you would see or hear this each and every Sunday. I would like to think you couldn't go here much more than a month or two and not see and hear all of those things. Then we've got our how. This is our strategy. How do we do things? Man, we're moving people into worship because this is... This is just the primary place, the way most people are going to end up entering our, our relationship, our fellowship. They're going to start in a worship service. And you know our kind of our goal is once they hit this room, it's to get them to where? Life group. Yeah, that's good. Nine of us know what's going on here. And, and, and so we're trying to connect. What, what, do I get some kind of pleasure if you're here two hours instead of one? No. The, the, the goal of that second hour is where you leave being a part of a crowd and you start to develop relationships where you're walking with Christ together, praying to Christ together, living life in Christ together. It's, it's building those relationships. And when, when that is happening... When that worship and connection is cooking with grease, then what we now have is our best opportunity as a church to help each individual reach and serve. You know, almost every verse in the New Testament that's aimed at what you do as a follower of Christ would actually fit in those two circles, would actually fit in those two words, reaching out to the world with the gospel, reaching out to the world with the good deeds, with the kindness of God, serving in, building the body, encouraging, helping, praying, doing the things that we do for one another. And, and so our goal is, hey, how do we get everybody reaching and serving? Okay, well, we've got to develop this process so that they move from worship into that connection. So obviously that's not a very detailed strategy. That's the, the 30,000 foot view flying over. And then somebody might say, okay, if I came here for a year, what will you do to me? What do I believe? What do I look like? What am I doing if I actually gave you 52 weeks? Well, our goal would be these seven questions. That you are asking yourself those seven questions. Your life is being measured. And by questions, I mean you're asking yourself the question. You're honestly answering the question and then adjusting your life strengthening your life, moving your life in light of how you answered the question. Everything in the New Testament is in those seven questions. Everything. You won't find one teaching, one encouragement, one directive. You won't find anything about what you do as a follower of Christ not in those seven questions. There's two hows. Two hows. And they're about my relationship with God. How am I growing? How am I worshiping? There's three where's. They're about my relationship with the church at large. Where am I investing? Where am I connecting? Where am I serving? There's two who's. They're about my relationship dialing in now on a specific individual. Who am I reaching? Who am I coaching? You know, my experience with people is that a lot of us are going to say there's no one for me to reach. There's certainly no one for me to coach. Very few of us say, oh, I should be coaching people how to do this. No, we, we don't think of ourselves that way. And that's why I try to say, just this, think of it this way. All you've got to do is find somebody dumber than you. And I swear, folks, they're out there. I've met them. I, I promise. Now, that's probably not the best way to say that. But folks, let me, let, me, let me say that a kinder, gentler way. All you've got to do is find one person who's one step behind in following Jesus than you are. 
Folks, the world is filled with people. As far back as you might consider yourself to be, there's somebody a step back further than you. You find that person. You find them and you encourage, you may only be one step ahead of them, but you encourage them in that one step. You help them in that one step. That's our win. Our, our win is when our entire church is thinking through in their lives on a regular, weekly, sometimes daily, certainly weekly, monthly is almost not enough. That we're thinking and evaluating our lives by those seven questions. Now, what you have up here is a frame. Okay, right now the logo in the middle is the picture, but you've got, a, you've got a frame. And what does a frame do for a picture? A frame holds a picture up, right? It puts some structure to it. It, it, it puts some strength to it. I think probably the biggest thing it does is it holds it up on the wall for us so that we can see it, right? Without the frame, the picture doesn't stay up there. You know, that's so important to your life to have to aim high. To know the picture you're moving toward. Because what happens in our lives is we get so overwhelmed by the next thing that needs to happen. You know, the next bill that needs to be paid. The next problem at work. What I'm going to do about this child. I, you, know what, you know what that looks like for a pastor? When I leave here on Sunday morning and I'm walking to my car back there in the far corner. You know what I'm thinking? Next Sunday's coming. Next Sunday, I hardly get a chance to celebrate one that's over. And I'm the next Sunday is coming. And you know what happens is we're just looking down, trying to take the next step. And when all you're doing is taking the next step, did you know you can feel like you're going straight, but be veering off course with each and every step? And that's where you look up as a parent, in your marriage, as a follower of Christ. You look up one day, three years later, and go, how did I get here? I, I didn't. This isn't where I intended to be. This isn't where I was, I was going. And you know, with each one of those steps, you never saw that. Because we don't have the target up in front of us. And that's what we're trying to do now with a picture, is put a target up in front of us. So we're not just living from one Sunday to the next, and then 10 years from, go, 10 years from now say, how did we get so far from what God put us here to do? How did we get so far from what God called the church to be? I sure felt like we were doing all of that. And so we've got to get, now that we've got our frame, we've got to get the picture up in front of us. And that's our vision. Now I want to show you a picture, the first part you're familiar with. The first part I, I introduced to you last fall. We call this our 1414. Okay? 1414. Think of 10 years, 3 years, 1 year, 3 months. That's what that is, that beyond the horizon, that's 10 years out there. Now, this is what we introduced to you last fall. What's our vision? What's our target? What's the picture we're moving toward here at the Heights? Well, in 10 years, the Heights Baptist will be the church the 804 cannot imagine being without by expanding to five campuses, by extending the reach of Love 804, so that, so that's an important phrase, right? So that means what you're getting ready to read is the purpose of everything you just read. What is the reason for all this up here? So that we have our greatest platform for sharing the word. Again, whether sharing the word is a guy standing up here doing it, or it's you out there, one-on-one, one-on-two, wherever you are, at lunch, at school, at work, sharing God's word. Now, we live in a culture, we live in a community that's not so excited about God's word, right? Right? Not so excited about hearing you share God's word. As a matter of fact, a lot of us feel a lot of pressure. I don't even want to identify that I believe the Bible. You can get killed out there saying that. You know, I'm not even sure I want to, I want to go there. 
Okay, but that's what we're called to do. And we want to increase our opportunity. Now, we may live in a world that is apathetic to us doing that at best, antagonistic at worst. And you know what I see a lot of churches doing? We're just kind of crawling into a corner and saying, oh, it's horrible out there. America's just going to hell in a handbasket. They're all mean and they don't like us. Boo-hoo. Okay, well, guess what? The world's never liked us. Did God say crawl into a corner and go boo-hoo? I said, get up and go. Okay, so I've got to be thinking, how not do I complain about the decreasing opportunity? How do I create the opportunity? And that's what we're trying to address in this statement, how we're going to create an opportunity so that instead of hating the fact we're here, they can't imagine what our community would be without us being here. And y'all have gotten kind of excited about that. I think y'all like that statement, don't you? I mean, yeah, I hear y'all repeating it. I, I mean, we've had some of y'all saying, hey, if we're going to be that church, what about this and what about that? So I know this is resonating. The ones preach and the fours administrate. You get it? One, four, one, four. The ones are kind of the rally cry. The, the fours are the work. And what I mean by that is, guess what? Me saying this and you saying this doesn't make it happen. Oh, we're going to be this church. We can say that every single Sunday. That, that doesn't mean we are. What are we going to do so that in 10 years that's, that's what we are? Well, that's what our background vision is. we got the big mountain we're shooting toward, but then we got the first set of mountains we've got to really get through if we're really going to be on the way. And so we've identified four priorities in the next three years. Now we're not 10 years out. We're the next three years. Here's what we need to be doing so that we actually are Moving toward that. And as you see here, we've got launch multi-sites. I mean, if we're going to have five, then somewhere we've got to get the third up and running, right? And so we've, we've identified, hey, by 2020, we're going to do that. And so we're thinking then, okay, what's the, the staffing? What's the volunteers? What's the things we need? Got, got to identify the place. We're launching multi-sites. We're multiplying life groups. Do you realize everything we've been doing since January 7th? Do you all remember the, the sermon on January 7th? I do. (laughs) January 7th is when I told you we're going to change everything. We're changing the schedules. We're changing life groups. You know, it all comes back to this box right here. That box that was put together about 15 months ago. That, That box came to life January 7th when I stood up and said, we're changing everything. And, you know, I know that's annoying. It's inconvenient. And we like certain things certain ways and say, oh doing is losing something here so oh that's not what the problem is it's not about what the problem is it's about where we're going and what we're doing and we need to multiply life groups why do we need to multiply life groups to create the greatest opportunity for the most people to connect and become a family because our goal is not to gather a large crowd of strangers our goal is that those strangers find friends Find people that they live in Christ with. And would you believe after all these things we've done that brought us to today. Did you know we have more life groups today than we had last week? And that wasn't possible in last week's schedule. We have more life groups. Not only do we have more life groups. We actually still have. I told Ronnie I wasn't going to tell anybody this. We actually we have some empty rooms I mean, we're ready. We're, we not only created four more life groups. We're ready to keep adding Life groups. Now, not a lot. The building has limits. But we don't want a building limiting 
what we're trying to do in lives. And so we've had some staff, we've had some church leaders uh, working for about the last five weeks, meeting with different churches and leaders around the state and community, looking at how we develop off-campus life groups so, so that a building is not limiting what we do. We've got to move the very most people. So all of those decisions, everything we're doing, based on that box right there. Extend Love 804. You can't read this up here. Maybe you can. Over there you can. We want to get into 25 new locations. The operative word there is locations. We want to be somewhere doing God's goodness. Yes, random acts of goodness are good, but we want to be somewhere living that goodness day in and day out, week in and week out. You know, you want to be sensitive to the things going on in your community and and where you can act and where you can serve. One of those places recently was the the big fire at the apartment complex down in in Petersburg and working with some of the social workers down there, working with the apartment manager. uh, We identified four units, four family units, that we felt like, hey, we can make a difference there where there's a real need. And and y'all took up a lot of money, thousands of dollars, and we've helped distribute that to them. And I've gotten some wonderful thank you letters it's all y'all do all the work I get the credit there's just nothing better than that dear dear Randy thank you I yeah just a little something I wanted to do for you so uh all that but now is this I hope this doesn't miscommunicate our goal actually is not to watch the news and see where the latest disaster is now, we've got a disaster ministry. We want, hey, that's when there's need. You want to move in that. But that's not our goal is just to watch the news and wait till the, you know, the next fire flares up. No pun intended. We actually want to be living places. Our goal is not just to dump money on things. It's to be living in places, serving and helping people work through this life. and do. You know, an example of that would be like a school. You know, where we've got an ongoing, constant presence there, whether it's cleaning up in the summer or providing tutors and and mentors throughout the year, all of that's being developed right now. Not just an event, hey, y'all go there and do that, which y'all do a great job of, but actually, how do we build relationships and live there in an ongoing way. So 25, 25 locations, develop leadership. So these are, the, these are the kinds of things, okay? So this is where we want to be in 10 years. If we're actually going to get there, here's what we need to do in the next three years. Now this is the top half of the picture. Bottom half of the picture, the next one, that's what we're doing this year. Again, this is a rally point. This, this kind of preaches, this is the admin, This is what makes it happen. And so we've said, hey, if we're going to actually have a chance of being out there in 10 years as that kind of church, let's do this. This year, our goal is one thing, that we would have every member of this church asking themselves those seven questions. Every member. Now, that's God-sized because what organization can say everyone is buying in? Everyone is is doing this. That's That's a pretty lofty goal. But folks, could you imagine with me? 3,500 people who are, who are weekly asking themselves, how am I growing? Where, 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 am, I, where am I connecting? Who, who am I coaching? That these questions are the burden in their lives, the questions that are the, the energy in their lives. These are the things they're asking and, and moving and developing. Folks, let me tell you something. If we have 3,500 people asking those seven questions, 10 years is too far away and the 804 is too small. 
Because when 3,500 people are doing that, we are going to be the embodiment of all of God's power and all of God's presence for our community. And, and so then we've got our, I mean, this is really, I mean, a, adult wing signage. By the way, did you notice all the new signs out there? Isn't that kind of cool? It looked better, I thought, than even the picture. But anyway, adult wings, staff involvement. See, that becomes real administrative. But this is the picture. This is the picture. Now, if you were sharing that on a napkin, you know, do you remember all that? Well, it's the what? Man, we're building relationships that connect people to God and each other. And we do this because we value the Bible and Sunday and telling and sharing and, and serving together. And how we do it is by, by reaching people through worship and then connection so they can reach their world and serve in the body. And, and, when, and when all of us are asking these questions, we win and we do this so we can become the church. The 804 can't imagine without. And then you fill in a few more of your details. You really can share our church in about five or seven minutes. And doesn't that sound a lot more intriguing to somebody than, I love my pastor. I mean, think about it. We have reduced church down to a sermon and a song. Why do I go to, I like the sermon, I like the song. I don't like the sermon, I don't like the song, so now I'm no longer going there. And yeah, we, we, you know, friends or maybe a particular ministry... But when you think, when you're trying to share with somebody why you love what Jesus loves, and that being engaged in all this is how you love Jesus, and then you're going to explain to somebody, I really like the sermon and the song. No, this, this is what we're explaining. You understand why I take the time this morning to share all this? I, I know it sounds almost like business meeting oriented or, you know, administrative, but this, this is what we love. When we say, hey, when you love your church, you're, you're giving, you're praying, you're serving, you're there. This is what you're giving to. This is what you're praying about. This is what you're serving in. This is what you're a part of and, and what you're there for. Not just a sermon and a song. Because that's all the world thinks this is, right? A, ser- a sermon and a song. So, so what we have here is a hope for all of us, a greater understanding of why I love my church and how I would share with somebody why I love my church. And again, it's in there in the church app. You can go there and look up both of, all, all of this that I've shared on the screen today and, and be able to find that. And I hope you use it. I actually, it's this little fantasy world I live in that every single person in this church could just share all this. Maybe not all the fours, but certainly the ones, certainly the how, the why, the, the what, and, and, and the when, Right? That every one of us could share why we're about this. Hey, I have a little bit of a double purpose in sharing all this today too. And, and that is we, we have a new budget coming out. If you're new to our church, we have a fiscal year here at the Heights, April 1 to March 31. So obviously as we enter March, we're ending one budget and uh, we're, we're beginning to begin another. And you know, when you think about a budget, I mean, the reality is the budget pays for the lights, Right? Pays for the lights and insurance and church vans and salaries and, oh gosh, what else? The building. Got to pay for the building. You know, it pays for all of that. There's a reality to that. But honestly, folks, I, I don't know about you. I've never put money in the plate to pay for a light bulb. I put money in the plate for this. That, that's what this is about. Every line, every penny is about becoming involved and in, and in making this happen. This is how I love my God and trust my God in giving, by, by being a part of this. Not, not light bulbs and church vans and, and building payments. It, it's about that. 
And so you'll see in, our, in this, there's real simple, one page, front page is kind of a snapshot of the past year, uh, what, what was given and how it was used, some key ways. And then on the back side, you'll get kind of a line item approach to our budget and what it's doing and what's happening with it. And everyone gets one on the way out. If this is your first time here, by all means, get one. It'll make for interesting conversation at work tomorrow, right? And uh, so I so want everyone to have one. And, and this is what... This is what you're praying about, and, and, and this is what you're giving toward. And I don't, I don't know about y'all, and I'm super, super biased. There's nobody more biased in the room than me about this. But you know what? Just like you, I'm a church member. Just like you, I'm a person trying to follow Christ and, and live for Him. And I'll tell you something, I am so grateful for the Heights Baptist Church. I love doing my giving here. I love the opportunity because I, I never have, even before this morning and playing all this. Have y'all ever felt like you were giving just to replace light bulbs? No, man, we're, we're, we're giving to change our world, to build those relationships that connect people to God's love and to the life that he has for them. I'm, I'm grateful for the giving that I get to do here and, and how I get to love my Jesus through the Heights Baptist Church. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we, we gather today because we love you. We love you. We want to know more about you. We want to know better how we can love you. We want to know more how we can appreciate and experience and enjoy that love. And Lord, I know you've given us the church to, to become that representation, to answer so many of those questions. And I pray you would guide each of us, Lord, in, in what it means that we love our church And that all of us, Lord, every one of us, we can all grow in love. Lord, help us. What does it mean to me, to my home, to my family, that we're going to grow in love with Christ and his church in this coming year? And Lord, I pray, I pray for every person in this room, everybody watching online. Lord, I would pray that before 2018 ends, we have a chance to sit down with somebody over lunch or breakfast And be able to share very specifically why we love the church so much. Why we give so much of our our life and our effort to it. Because it's how we love you. And Lord, I pray that, that each one of us sharing with somebody else why we love the church could be just the beginning, just the ripple of how we move through this entire community and area code, Lord, to become a church this community can't imagine being without. Use us for that very purpose, O oh God. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.